We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. And we are back. Hour number two, Pharrell on the bench. Carver High in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. Moving on up the dial now, Sirius XM Channel 159. Good to have you aboard with us tonight. Jets and Colts. The Colts, uh, you know, they, they sure, there ain't no quitting them. Uh, They've seen the Jets score a couple touchdowns here, and they have moved right down the field. Just under nine minutes left to play. In the fourth quarter in Indy, second and 10 for Carson Wentz and crew. Wentz now over his passing total, by the way. Uh, that 244 and a half. He's in the two, he's got 265 right now. I've been debating the in game total. I'm about to, listen, I'm going to run out of uh, real estate here because the Colts, as they get closer and closer to scoring, they are going to take this number off the board or jack it up. Um, my my thought here is that the Colts are going to score and the Jets can get another garbage time touchdown, which would get us over this 70, now up to 73 and a half. We're doing some math in our head and we're running some numbers here, trying to figure out if we can get to this thing. And they just took it off because obviously the, the books are always a little bit of ahead of you when you're watching the game. So we're probably something, yeah, I mean, Fandle's got it up to 74 and a half now. 21 and a half live total. And they've got the Colts kicking a field goal. Uh, yeah, incomplete on third down. They kicked the field goal. So 45-23 now. A 22-point lead for the Colts. Now, this is good if you're a Colt backer because that means you can allow another touchdown and you're still covering that 10 and a half pregame. So that is a good thing that they, uh, that they took care of business there for you. And, I mean, you would have been doing that even without the field goal, but... You like to feel a little bit more comfortable. You always like to feel comfortable. So 45-23, eight minutes left to go. Jets will get the ball back. We'll see if the Colt defense can actually get a stop for once. Elsewhere, uh, hockey, I see the Kraken are up one nothing on Buffalo here as they just started the second period in Seattle. Uh, Sabres now plus 390 uh, live. I mean, they're down one nothing. There's 40 minutes left in this hockey game. Man, that is a little spicy there. Uh, 340 actually now, plus 340 for the Sabres on the road against the Kraken here. I mean, the Kraken, they're not the Russian Red Army. I mean, seriously. one nothing game? Already plus 340. NBA, what do we got cooking? Uh, Lakers, 25-21, uh, getting going in the second quarter against the Thunder. Of course, that was 11.5 pregame. Uh, in-game nine and a half right now for them. The Rockets lead the Suns as I believe that that game is at the half right now. Let me quickly go and check. We move ourselves over here. Uh, NBA. No, that's still live. That's a, looks like they're starting the second half. Just getting going in the second half. So 61-56, the Rockets lead the Suns. Suns still minus four and a half on the live line. Total 225 and a half out in the desert between those two. And we welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High in for Scotty tonight right here 
on Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us as we have Thursday Night Football going on. 45-23, Colts lead the Jets. Still eight minutes to go. Uh, game is definitely uh, not in doubt anymore, but you know what always is. Tickets. Tickets are always in doubt, baby. Live tickets, pregame tickets. Uh, one pregame ticket to not in doubt anymore is the over. That 45 and a half. P-O-I-N-T-S, baby. Points, points, points. Uh, 61-56, Rockets on the Suns. 25-21, Lakers and Thunder. Those are your two games going on in the NBA right now. Live NHL, we mentioned Seattle. 1-0 over the Sabres. Blues and the Sharks tied at 1 late in the first period. Sharks plus 128 right now. Blues minus 164. Now minus 150. And third period, Dallas has a 3-2 lead on Calgary. Not a bad spot here. 15 minutes, though. I would have rather gotten it start of the third. But the Flames plus 240. Every minute that goes by, that money line for the Flames down a goal gets bigger and bigger. They were the pregame favorites. They are the home team. They're down one goal. I usually like these spots, but the Flames really weren't a big enough favorite for me. Last night we did this with the Hurricanes. That was starting the period. Uh, I, I'm, I don't feel as comfortable about the Calgary Flames as I did last night with the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes and also the team they're playing. The Blackhawks stink. The Stars, decent squad. So I'm probably going to hold off on Calgary with the comeback. So when we come back from the break, I'm sure they'll have scored two goals and taken the lead. That's usually how these things work out for us, right? Jets back on the field. Josh Johnson, who's been in since Mike White got hurt. He will try to get some more garbage time points for the Jets in Indianapolis against the Colts. We'll keep our eye on that later this hour. John DeSilva, our man from Parks Racing, he's going to break down the Breeders' Cup Classic for us here. For on the bench, Carver High in for Scotty. Sports Grid Radio. We will keep rolling on the grid. Right after this. And we are back. Pro on the bench. Carver High in for Scotty here tonight. Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us on uh, Sirius XM as we moved up the dial. Channel 159. Here with us tonight. Uh, we are still waiting out uh, now six minutes in Thursday Night Football. 45-23. Josh Johnson, actually, I mean, it's a lot of it's been against, you know, prevent defense, whatever you want to call it. 16-25, 202, and two touchdowns for the Jets tonight. Josh Johnson has not played that badly uh, since Mike White got hurt as he now runs for a first down. Jets will probably get another garbage time score here. You can see that coming. Under six minutes to go. Uh, last night, we did our uniform rant uh, of the week. Uh, we're going to have a bonus one here tonight. As uh, Christian sent me what the Heat uh, City Edition jerseys were. They wore them tonight against the Celtics. Last night, we praised the Net and the 76ers jerseys that they just came out with. This Miami one is very bizarre. It really is. If you can Go find a picture of these Miami jerseys that they wore, the Heat tonight. It's like they basically like cut like letters, as Christian said, cut letters out of a magazine and like put them together on the front of the jersey. And I see what they did. It's kind of got a, each letter has a different font. 
uh, some of them from past jerseys, I believe, that the Heat had worn. Like, I see the M from the Miami Vice jerseys. I think the A is from one of the original Heat jerseys. Different different way to go about it, I guess, than what the Nets and the Sixers did last night. That's for sure. Much different way to go about it. So there you go. Our jersey uh, rant of the night. Not even a rant. Just basically saying, uh, I don't know what they did there. And the Sabres with a goal up in Seattle. See? This is exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, what, why were they plus 340 going into the second period? This is the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken. They're not any good. Sabres have played well this year. One goal game? I mean, in almost any spot, you should take a team plus 340 at that point. Get yourself a lot of value. Now you're 1-1. What are the Sabres now? Let's go see. We missed the boat on the Sabres. Tie game now. We don't get the plus 340 anymore. Now it's plus 144. Kind of back to the pregame number. A little bit less. And the Kraken are minus 186 when they were uh, minus 195 before the game. Man, I'm too busy here worried about uh, all these things with the Jets, the Colts, you know, also, you know, hosting the show, that we did not get uh, the Sabres in at plus 340. We should have made a, a stronger effort to push that in. The Sharks, by the way, did score a goal before the end of the first period against the Blues. So the Blues lost in Los Angeles last night to the Kings. Back-to-back nights, they're at the Shark Tank. Down a goal. Now they're plus 148. Do they have enough gas in the tank after last night? That's a big in-game total, too. Seven and a half. Big in-game total. We'll have to think about that. We've got the first intermission going on right now. We'll have to think about the Blues and the the, uh, Sharks if we want to dip our toe in the water. With that one, uh, I wanted to get into some college football. We've got the silver coming up uh, next segment because tomorrow night we have two games, which of course we will be very involved with here on the bench. A uh, little Friday night college football. Virginia Tech is at Boston College in the first game, seven thirty p.m. Eastern kickoff, ACC game on a Friday night. BC started four and zero, lost their quarterback. Now they are four and four, win four in a row. Lost four in a row. They are getting two and a half points at home against the Hokies of Virginia Tech. Little 47 and a half total. Little crisp fall night in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Um, I, I don't like backing Virginia Tech as a road favorite. Really not something that I want to do. But BC has been really bad these last four weeks. Like they've been really bad. That game with Syracuse last week, 3-0 at halftime. They let Syracuse score 21 points in like a flash of like five minutes. They have been uh, not a good football team since the 4-0 start. I I really do think the only way you can go is Virginia Tech tomorrow night, even on the road. It's under a field goal. Not terrible. I definitely wouldn't want to go more than that. That goes three or more. I'm not interested. But two and a half? I think you're still willing to get me in there, and I like the under. A little bit of a rock fight game tomorrow night between the Eagles and the Hokies. 47 and a half. Yeah, you know, a little 2017, 23-20 type of game. Under the 47. Uh, the late night game is Pac-12 after dark Friday edition, which, you know, last week was, uh, who was it last Friday night? 
that we were having some fun with. Give me one second here. A couple weeks ago, the Jets got another touchdown, by the way. Johnson is in. Ty Johnson into the end zone. So more garbage time points here. It is now 45-29 to with three and a half minutes to go. How about Josh Johnson throwing three touchdowns in the second half? Man, that, I mean, did the Colts the Colts couldn't have taken everybody out of the game. The game got too close. They've let the Jets just move up and down the field here since it was 42-10. to 10. I mean, Jeez, they've scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. See if they make this extra point, make it a 15-point game. See, the Colts have to end this nonsense now. Uh, they get the extra point, 45-30. Colts have to end this nonsense because now if you're holding the 10-and-a-half ticket, you don't want to sweat. You don't want a three-and-out and a chance for another garbage time backdoor. You need to push the football here, little run game, make them use the timeouts, get the first downs with Taylor. You're going to have to bring your all your guys in there. I don't care if it's a two-score game. Let's go. Load it up, pick up a couple first downs, and don't give them the ball back. End this nonsense. I mean, it's 42-10. to 10. It's 45-30 now. Way too close for comfort if you had a 10-and-a-half Colt ticket. Way too close for comfort. A little shutdown performance from the run game here. Uh, I was looking at who was the last Friday night uh, Pac-12 game. You see, we we got to remember sometimes. we got to just figure out what was going on uh, and get back to it. I'm actually thinking of two weeks ago, which was the miserable Washington-Arizona game, uh, which I referenced with Ben this morning when I was on the morning after with him. Uh, what an awful game. You're up till 2 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast banging your head against the wall with the Washington offense, which is just abysmal. So now we'll get another crack for some Friday night Pac-12 after dark. Utah visits Stanford. Right now, minus 8.5 road favorite for Utah. Here's what you got to remember. Utah is a much different team on the road than they are at home at Rice-Eccles. They are a much different team. At home this year, dominant. Beat UCLA by 20. Beat Arizona State by 14. Beat Washington State by 11. They had a tomato can game against Weber State. They crushed them. On the road, though, they lost at BYU. They lost at San Diego State. They did win at USC, who hasn't really this year. They lost at Oregon State. Now they go to Palo Alto to take on the tree, the Stanford Cardinal, tomorrow night. Now, Stanford is scary. They're an awful football team, but they show up in spots where you want to play against them. They beat Oregon outright. Covered with UCLA. Beat, uh, beat Vandy. They, of course, beat USC outright. They had that tight game with Washington State. They had the tight game with Washington the last couple weeks. Eight and a half over a touchdown at home. I actually lean Stanford here, believe it or not. Utah's the better football team, but weird things happen with this Stanford club. And Utah not the same team on the road. Get a little Stanford team total tomorrow night. What do we got for these cards? 21 and a half. Hmm. We'll have to think about that one. Pro on the bench. Carver right, in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. We will come back. John DeSilva giving me the pony skinny for the Breeders' Cup Classic on Saturday. We keep rolling on the grid right after this.
And we are back. Pharrell on the bench on a Thursday night. Carver High in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, as we always do here on the bench, uh, Scotty always talks before a big race to our man, John DeSilva. Of course, Parks Racing uh, joins us whenever there's a big horse race. We get John in the mix. Uh, John, good evening, my man. How are you? Carver, what's going on? How's everything? Uh, we're doing good, John. We're doing good. Uh, and look, uh, this is a always the, one of the best weekends of the year when it comes to racing. When you get uh, the Breeders' Cup, you got the Classic, you got the Juvenile, all these great races. They're at Del Mar, which is outstanding out on the left coast because you get that Classic going off at you know 8.30 Eastern time on Saturday night, uh, which is beautiful that they, that they do that. Uh, before we get into... Saturday in the classic. You were just telling me like we got we got some chaos for tomorrow. I mean, we got these juvenile races, we got horses out. Uh give me a quick just little blast of what's the biggest race for a Friday and you told me one of the favorites is down. Yes, unfortunately, uh the juvenile which is for 2-year-olds and normally the winner of the juvenile is the early Kentucky Derby favorite took a major hit as number one, Jack Christopher, the 9-5 to five morning line favorite, unfortunately hurt his shin and will miss the race. Wow. That is unbelievable. Out of the mix. Missing the race. I mean, we just can't have that, Johnny. We cannot have that at all uh, on a Friday. So who do you like in that race now? Well, I'm going to go to the outside with number 12, Corniche. Now, what's interesting about Corniche is he's trained by Bob Baffert, as we know, has been very controversial. And Churchill Downs put out an edict that Bob Baffert is not allowed to run in the Kentucky Derby next year, and any horse that's trained by him would not be allowed to run. So Mm -hmm. if this horse wins the race tomorrow, he normally would have been the morning line, early morning line favorite for the Kentucky Derby. But if he's not allowed and the horse is not allowed, that read those things into chaos. Uh, I mean, John, I mean, he's got three horses in the race. Like, I mean, he's he's got a whole bunch of horses in this race. You know, I mean, all these horses, Corniche, Pinehurst, uh, Barossa. I mean, they're just going to not let these horses run in the derby if he wins tomorrow? He's going to court. I mean, right now he's waiting for the state of Kentucky to rule on his appeal. And they haven't penalized him as of yet, but Churchill Downs took it upon themselves to ban him from their properties. New York tried to do the same thing, but that got overturned in court. This is going to last a long time, and I have the feeling that Bob is going to try to find a way to go to court to get that overturned so he could participate next year. Whether that happens is another story. Wow, that is unbelievable. I I knew that Bob has obviously been uh, in a ton of water, hot water, since last year. But I didn't know that we were at the point now where the horses he's training, they're not going to let him run at the Kentucky Derby if he wins. Uh, Very interesting developments, uh, that's for sure. Now, the Classic, as we know, is the big one on Saturday. That is the race that everybody loves to zero in on. Uh, That has the biggest names, the biggest horses of the year, etc., etc., etc. Right now, Johnny, it looks like to me, uh, what do we got for the morning line favorite? Is it Nick's Go? Is that who we have as the favorite here? Nick's Go is the morning line favorite uh, with Hot Rod Charlie, you know, the second choice. I mean, Nick's Go has been the leader of the older horse division for most of the year. And 
ever since Brad Cox took over, trained this horse, he's really stepped it up big time. And he has tremendous early speed. He's only lost, you know, outside the country. You know, he ran in the Met Mile, which he ran fourth, but that was too short for him. But his previous start, he ran in the Saudi Cup in Saudi Arabia where he lost. But when he's on his game, he's very tough to catch. But he's not going to have an easy time on the front end. Now, as you've mentioned before, I do work for Parks, and I am what you call the official, unofficial stakes coordinator. And it was my responsibility to bring horses to the Pennsylvania Derby, and I was able to get Hot Rod Charlie into the race, and which he eventually did win. Now, this has been a hard luck course. He finished first in the Haskell, got disqualified. He finished first in the Pennsylvania Derby, had to survive a Stewart's inquiry, but they kept him up. But this horse has really been developing the second half of the year, and they're adding blinkers on him, so he will be focused. And he doesn't necessarily have to be on the lead, but he's got the speed that could push Nick's go into defeat. Wow, a little hot rod Charlie here, morning line four to one. Now, when you look at this board for the classic, obviously uh, the name that you know the person who's just probably jumping in this weekend is immediately going to go to is who we were just talking about. The reason why Bob Baffert is in, you know, the situation that he's in, which is Medina Spirit with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Medina Spirit is in this race, uh, and the whole band's together here. Baffert, the trainer, John Velasquez. Of course, the jockey, morning line four to one. Uh, do we have Medina Spirit? We give him a good, uh, give that horse a good shot on Saturday, John. I do not. I mean, he has a lot of speed, but I don't think he has the speed to keep up with the Knicks Go or a Hot Rod Charlie. He could surprise me. I just don't think at the end it's going to happen. I mean, he's been running great. He was actually supposed to run in the Pennsylvania Derby, but. For legal maneuvering, they decided to wait one more week, stay in California, win a race out there, which guaranteed them a spot in the Breeders' Cup. And look, if I was in Baffert's shoes, I would have done the same exact thing because you want to guarantee yourself a spot, you win a race like that. So I'm not mad at him. You know, I wish he was in the race at Penn Parks that day. But it's a great story in terms of the breeder. It's a great story for Johnny Velasquez. What happened after winning the race is not such a great story and very controversial. Just at the end, I don't think he's going to be able to hold out and last versus these. Okay, so there you go. Medina Spirit in the mix. I I like Art Collector, and I'll tell you why, uh, John, because when I first went to Belmont Park with my grandfather way, 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 way back in the day, and he was taking me, as a 12-year-old boy, that's right, in the in the early 90s, any horse, jo- uh, Johnny, that Mike Smith was riding, that would always get tickets from me and my grandfather. So whenever the big races come, I don't care what the odds are, I always got to throw a couple bucks on Mikey Smith. <laughs> Mike Smith and Bill Mott have been a tremendous combination for many years. And for a race like this, Bill Mott, the Hall of Fame trainer, takes off Junior Alvarado, who's done nothing wrong, and goes with the tried-and-true Mike Smith. Now, granted, Smith is getting up there in age. He's not the same man that he was years ago. But you give him one chance to get the job done, he can do it. 
I am not throwing out our collector like many other people are doing. Smith has the experience where he doesn't necessarily have to get caught up in the speed duel. This horse has come off the pace in the past. He's my third choice, but he could easily win this race. Because the way I'm looking at it, you could go four deep and have a shot to win here because the other horse that we haven't even mentioned yet is Essential Quality, who right now is a top three-year-old in training in the country. And this is a horse trained by Brad Cox, who has the right running style, where if they have enough pace in front of them, he could come off the pace and run them down for the victory. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it versus these. He does have the talent for it. And if I'm going to use multiple horses in the race, in my multi-race exotics, I have to throw him in. How about essential quality? Of course, the Belmont Stakes this year got uh, Saez on there, Cox, the trainer, uh, three to one for essential quality. He's going to get bet. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to go off second choice because Hot Rod, who's a three-year-old, has a little bit more popularity at the end. I mean, I think he would probably be third choice, but he has to be used, and like I said, he's got the right running style to do it, to take advantage of a suicidal speed duel, which could happen. The one thing about San Del Mar, though, if you watch the races today, speed was great today. And normally in big days like this, speed normally holds on very well. And the other thing you have to remember about Del Mar, a shorter stretch than what we have at Belmont or Churchill Downs, and that favors speed horses. No, it, it certainly does, and I and I hope it does stay that fast for the next couple of days because I prefer when we get the nice speedy track out there. Del Mar, of course, is gorgeous, as we know, John. Uh, I always like to dabble with some long shot, shots on the morning line. It's Stiletto Boy, 30-1. to 1. Stiletto Boy is an interesting horse. I mean, he was bought you know, privately, and he was transferred to Ed Moger. They were sent out to California after the Indiana Derby. Um, he's been getting into shape, running well. Kent DeSormo, the Hall of Fame jockey, who's had his issues in the past, he's clean, he's sober, he's focused, he's having a good run right now. He's the type of horse where there's a suicide speed duel. This horse might be able to get up in time for the victory. And if you want to have a few extra bucks, throw him in as a long shot. I see nothing wrong with it. All right, John, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'm just going to keep you for a couple extra minutes. I want you to give everybody all the picks. I want you to give me the exact, give me the trifecta, give me the winners. And if you like any other races, Friday or Saturday, I want winners on that as well. John DeSilva, Parks Racing here with us. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High in for Scotty. The Colts do survive that cover, by the way, 45-30. It was close. The Jets were inside the 10 at the end of that game. Pharrell on the bench, Sports Grid Radio. We're back after this. And we are back. For on the bench, Thursday night, Carver High in for Scotty. Right here on Sports Grid Radio, we are talking to John DeSilva, Parks Racing, about the Breeders' Cup. Uh, all right, John, give me uh, – I got the pen out. I got the paper out. Everybody else should at home, too. Uh, give me what you are playing for first, the Classic. Okay, in the Classic, my top choice is going to be Hot Rod Charlie. With okay. Nick's go is my second choice. Third choice would be Art Collector and then Essential Quality. Okay. 
So you got the three five six four. Three five six four. Yeah. Now I'm going to be playing those in an exacta box. No, okay. which for two dollars be twenty four dollars. Yep. And I will be using them in the uh, triple box and the super factor. Which is the crazy stuff that I always like to get involved in. That's the stuff I like to, to dabble in, John. <laughs> now let's dabble in the Daily Double. Okay. Because we had a scratch today of domestic spending from Chad Brown, who some people thought was the best American horse in that race. With him gone, you're really going to be concentrating a lot on number 13, the defending champion, Tarnawa. Now, this horse ran in the Arc de Triomphe last time out and finished second and is now shipping back to defend the championship. But I'm not using Tarnawa by itself. I'm going to be using a couple of other horses. Okay. I'm going to use number 12, Tayona, a three-year-old filly running against the boys. And I'm also going to use number nine, Sisahan, as well as number eight, Room. Now, Sisahan is a lightly raced horse, also young, shipping over. And Christian DeMauro, who's been riding in Japan, is going to be riding this horse. And this horse has been running in Germany. And the one thing about the German horses, they can run all day. And the horse that won the Arc de Triomphe at 71 was from Germany. Mm. And Broom, the eight horse, Ridden by Frankie Dottori, the most famous jockey in the world. If you get to see Dottori do his, his leap off the horse, everybody's having a party at that point. So I'll use those four horses with my other four horses in the classic in the double. Okay. Very good. So those horses obviously being in the double, those horses are going to be in the uh, in the turf, correct? Yes, those are the horses yes. that are in the turf right before it. In the turf. Okay. Yeah, and perfect. if you wanted to play a pick three... In race 10, the Chuska should not get beaten. She is one of the best horses in the country. She's from Mexico. Her trainer has done an outstanding job, and she's beaten everybody that's run up against her, and she's going to be very tough to beat. If you want to solo her by herself, go for it, and you can use her in the pick three with the other horses in the turf and the classic. All right, beautiful. So we have that working for us. Uh, I like it, Johnny. I like it. Is there anything tomorrow on Friday's card uh, that you like? Oh, yeah. There definitely is. Okay, we're going to, like told you about Savish in the uh, race earlier, in the ninth race, but in the tenth race, we're going to go for a little bit of an upset. Um, in the 10th race, as I get my papers out here, uh, we are going to go with number 13, Coinage, ridden by Florent Giroux, I'm trained by Mark Cassie. This is a horse who made a new move last time out with patient handling. This horse should do it. Um, the horse is, I think, 15 to 1 morning line. I would use it with the number 14, Dubawi Legend. There you go, the 14. Uh, and that's in the 10th race on Friday, correct? The 10th race. Correct. Yes. Okay, there you go. And if you want to play a double with Savish down in the previous race, that's 12 horse. Okay. So 12 and the 10 for the double. Uh, 12 and the 14, I should say, the double there uh, in the 9th and 10th yeah, race. Yeah, 12, 13, 12, 14, I would go. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, so there's Friday. Uh, Breeders' Cup, of course. Del Mar. 
And once again, in the classic for John De Silva, three, five, six, and four. Hot Rod Charlie, Nick's Go, Art Collector, Essential Quality. The four horses right there for John De Silva. Correct, John? Definitely. And the one thing about Hot Rod Charlie, which people may not realize, is the owners are very close to some people from the University of South Carolina, and some of the money does go to a scholarship at the University of South Carolina as well. So even though there's no horse race in South Carolina, they will be tuned in watching the Breeders' Cup tomorrow on Saturday. There you go. Get a little little money to the charity, too. Even more reason to root for Hot Rod Charlie uh, on Saturday night. And then once again, this is a 840 Eastern post time with it being in Del Mar. So I know we're used to, you know, the Triple Crown races around 630, 7 p.m. Eastern, 840 p.m. Eastern for the classic if you want to get involved. John, uh, tremendous stuff. Good luck. Please cash as many as possible because that means that then we are all going to cash as many as possible. Great job, Johnny. We're going to go out there. We're going to celebrate and then going to USB Arena and have a great time when that opens up. <laughs> Couple weeks away, baby. UBS over at Belmont Park. Let's go. A lot of activity over there at Belmont now. A lot of activity all year round, Johnny. You got that right. <laughs> John, thank you as always, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck, everyone, and thank you. John DeSilva right there, Parks Racing, giving you the lowdown for the Breeders' Cup Classic and all the Breeders' Cup races. Gave you a couple for tomorrow, gave you a couple for Saturday. Uh, the Classic is the one that I will be dialed into. Like I said, I like Art Collector, which John does have uh, in his box right there. He does have the six-horse Art Collector in there. I am going to play Art Collector straight up. And I'll find a couple of these. I'll definitely play Johnny's uh, trifecta box with uh, three, five, six, and four. I will get involved in that uh, myself. So Breeders' Club coming up this weekend. All right, we have a final. I got to talk about this Jet Colt game, uh, which, of course, was, you know, 42 to 10 at one point. The Jets, uh, you know, the Colt defense, for some reason, allowed the Jets to just garbage time touchdown after garbage time touchdown after garbage time touchdown. And made it a lot closer than it had to be. In fact, if you were holding a Colt ticket, the game was never in doubt. The Colts were going to win the football game. But if you were holding a Colt ticket with 10.5, you were sweating unnecessarily at the end of that football game. As the Jets continued to score, got it to 45-30. Colts with a quick three and out, punt the ball back. The Jets come all the way down the field. Aided by a couple of penalties, they get inside the 10, and Josh Johnson gets a ball tipped, goes into the hands of the Indianapolis Colts, and the back door gets shut, closed. Close up that back door. So 42-10 lead, 45-30, Jets on inside the 10, ready to burst through that back door, and they do not do it. Nice job by the Colt D to finally make a play in the second half. Jeez, took you long enough to finish that game off. Uh, this took this game, of course, sales well over the total, 45 and a half. Uh, Colts to cover the 10 and a half. I gave you that alt rushing line for Jonathan Taylor on Coast to Coast today, which FanDuel had him for 150 yards plus at plus 880. That is a winner. A winner as he goes for uh, just over a buck 70. He has the two touchdowns. A nice job by Jonathan Taylor tonight, as uh, the Jets did give you a, a little small bit of excitement there. Uh, from a ticket perspective at the end of that football game. 
Uh, elsewhere, NBA right now, uh, Suns have now taken the lead over the Rockets. So a huge third quarter for the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Suns where they outscored the Rockets 37-25. And they now have bursted ahead 93-86. The Lakers at halftime lead the Thunder 52-48. to so only a four-point lead for L.A. I, I'm Listen, I know they're kind of going through the motions here. It's still early in the year. They're 5-3. and three. Who cares about the regular season in the NBA? Um, I, I thought that they'd you know, lay the hammer down on the Thunder tonight. I, th- I really thought they would. So, And there's still time. The NBA, things change very quickly. But 52-50 uh, now as they just started the second half and the Thunder get the first bucket. So a two-point lead for the Lakers. Can't possibly lose to the Thunder twice, right? Can they? I mean, should we take a little stab with the Thunder here? Plus 425 outright. <laughs> a little stab. They got to beat the Lakers twice in a couple weeks. They're only two wins of the year. Anything's possible. Sixers beat the Pistons 109-98. Jazz beat the Hawks 116-98 to in Atlanta tonight. Celtics beat the Heat. 95-78, so a nice Florida swing for the Boston Celtics. Wins in Orlando and Miami on back-to-back nights, and they needed it badly. Uh, hockey tonight, we actually had a pair of four-goal games. Uh, Patrice Bergeron scored four goals for the Bruins in their 5-1 to win over the Red Wings. Brock Nelson scored four goals for the Islanders in Montreal against the Canadians, a 6-2 to win for the Islanders. You know you got problems defensively. When you let the Islanders score six goals on you, you know that things are not going right for you. And things have not gone right for the Canadians all year. They are now 3-9. and nine. Whew. Whew. And the Islanders are now more than halfway through their 13-game road trip to start the season, and they're 4-2-2. Two two. Not bad. All they needed to go do was go 500 in that stretch, and I think that a lot of people would be happy. They're 4-2-2, two two, pretty good. Uh, they'll go to Winnipeg and Minnesota. Over the weekend, play a little back-to-back. The Knights got right. 5-1 win in Ottawa over the Senators. Panthers beat the Caps 5-4 in overtime. Penguins beat the Flyers 3-2 in overtime. And the Stars did end up beating the Flames. We talked about that Flame line being the pregame favorite. Down a goal in the third period. They ended up tying it uh, at the 16-03 mark. But then the Stars won it in overtime with a Jamie Ben goal. So that would have really bothered me if I got on the Flames and they ended up uh, throwing it away in overtime. Wild game at the Shark Tank tonight. 3-3, Blues and the Sharks. Mentioned the Blues lost in L.A. to the Kings last night. They have a back-to-back. They're 6-1-1 on the year. That was their first regulation loss to Los Angeles. Uh, They they were down 2-1 after 1. They tied it at 2. Sharks take the lead. Blues have come back again. So a crazy game. Six goals already scored. What do we have in terms of live totals out there at the tank? Let's take a quick look. Nine and a half with six on the board. And we have half the game left. Mm. And the under nine and a half at minus 154. The over nine and a half at plus 120. Mm. Don't love it. Don't love it. Stay away from me. What I'd really like in this game is if the Sharks had a 4-3 lead going into the third. Then I would play the Blues for our usual situation. Uh, in the Kraken Buffalo game, which I've talked about quite a bit, the Sabres actually took a 2 1 lead in this game. Uh, my boy Kyle Oposo on the power play gave him a 2 1 lead, but my other boy, Jordan Eberly, 
tied it at two right after that. So a couple of former Islanders getting on the score sheet up at uh, Climate Arena up there in Seattle tonight. Kraken and the Sabres tied at two, going to the third. Sabres plus 138, Kraken minus 178. Four on the board with a six and a half total, minus 106 to the under. Probably the way that I would go. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Cover high here for Scotty tonight on Sports Grid Radio. We will come back and we will wrap this puppy up, get you set for Friday right here on Sports Grid Radio. Back after this one. Throw on the bench. Carver High in for Scotty here tonight on Sports Grid Radio. Great job tonight by Rick Haro. Great job by John De Silva. Hopefully giving you some winners for the Breeders' Cup Classic coming up on Saturday. Uh, the Blues have scored again. 4-3 now. That was a wild game out at the tank. Uh, in-game total now 10.5. Uh, plus 230 for the Sharks if you'd like to jump the other way. NBA side of things, uh, Lakers still up three, 62-59 on the Thunder. The Suns are starting to pull away from the Rockets, 108-95, to the score there. Uh, tomorrow night, so right here on the bench, we've got a lot to do on a Friday night. We have two college football games, Vatek and BC, we mentioned before, Utah at Stanford, the late-night Pac-12 game, where I think we are inching towards taking Stanford in that one, uh, getting the 8.5 at home. We have a lot of NBA on the schedule tomorrow night. Late night when I am with you. Uh, Hornets and Kings and Sacramento. The Pacers are out in Portland against the Blazers. Pelicans and Warriors out in Golden State. Do we have late night hockey tomorrow night as well? Uh, I believe we do have one West Coast game. We will check on that. We will also go through all the NFL for the weekend, all the college for the weekend. My man Joe Lisi will be back in the mix. He always comes on the bench with Scotty every week. I do the show with him, college football full circle during the day. So you get a little extended college football full circle. Me and Lisey with some picks for the weekend tomorrow night right here on the bench. We got Coast to Coast tomorrow afternoon. The usual cast, Dane Martinez, Dr. Chow, and Adam Kaplan. Great job once again by Christian Burgoyne. He's with me again tomorrow night. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High. Sports Grid Radio. One more night for Scotty tomorrow before he's back on Monday. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Grid.